There's a theory about the illusion of truth. Basically, if you hear something enough times, it becomes true, at least in your mind. There's also a theory about the telephone game, where the details of a story change the further it gets from the original truth. The marriage of these two ideas is what makes urban legends, well, legendary. They're repeated over and over in a never-ending game of telephone. Blurring our belief of what's actually based in truth and what's just a scary story we'll tell kids so they behave. Today, we're counting down the most terrifying urban legends. Truth or twisted fiction, these stories are so hauntingly good, they've lasted for generations, and we kind of love them. Hey, all you weirdos, welcome to Crime Countdown, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week, we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the Parcast research gods. This episode, we're counting down the top 10 most terrifying urban legends. I love urban legends. I also love the movie Urban Legend. So good. It was Jared Leto's finest moment, in my humble opinion. Don't at me about it. <laughs> but for real, Urban Legends have always fascinated me ever since I was little. I love a good Urban Legend, too. I actually still remember the first time that you showed me the Urban Legend movie. Yes. And I was terrified. Such a good I movie. Was probably like 12. Oh, it was so good. I also remember the first time you showed me those scary stories yes. to tell in the dark. Yes. Those are like OG urban legends. I was just thinking of those books. I still have them sitting on my shelf right now. You sure do. Yep. And I literally cannot wait for my kids to be old enough to read them. Oh my God. Urban legends, I think, are just terrifying in general, no matter what they are, Sausage or Herald, <laughs> because you know they originate from somewhere, even if it's been like exaggerated along the way, you know that there's some origin there. Oh yeah. Something happened. They live in my brain rent-free because <laughs> two of the scariest urban legends that I always think about, especially when I'm getting in the car. Oh, I know it. The person hiding in your back yes. seat. And now I drive an SUV. So I'm like, oh crap. Like <laughs> too many places to hide. Way too many places to yeah. hide. And my car now has like these smart high beams. Yep. And that's another urban legend that terrifies me. Yes. Like flashing your high beams at a car that has them off. It's true. And then you're going to get chased down and killed. Another reason never to help someone. Yeah. And another reason do why don't make my lights automatic. Yeah. Those ones are way too real. I always look in my backseat. I literally go around my car looking at yes. the trunk. I look everywhere. Well, Elena has five of her own scary stories and so do I, but neither of us knows who will not be sleeping tonight. Let's start the countdown. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. 
The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Blair. Want to hear something scary? Join me as I read the creepiest urban legends, folk tales, and ghost stories that I learn on my travels around the world and that we receive from listeners like you. But only if you think you can handle it. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sweet screams. Ten. I'll start us off with number 10, the fast food fried rat. What? Different versions of this legend feature people eating fried chicken until you take a big old bite of a piece that just doesn't seem right. Uh, That's when you realize that you're actually eating a deep fried rat. When has this been an urban legend? I've never heard of this. I've heard it before. That's disgusting. I've heard it before and it's horrific. So (laughs) Jan Brunvond, a famous folklorist, author of the Encyclopedia of Urban Legends, so basically this amazing human being that brought us urban legends, says this one dates back to the 70s. Okay, so not that far. So not crazy. No. It's not like from the 1700s or something. So. Why did this legend come about? I don't want to know. Don't tell me. The first thing is rats (laughs) are seen as yucky. Yes. And they're also kind of just about the right size for a story like this to work. Ew. You could potentially think a rat is a piece of fried chicken. Or a corn dog. Real gross. I mean. (laughs) Why'd you go there? It's just what my brain said. Oh, on a stick. KFC is often the one used in this story because, you know, it's possibly the most widely known fried chicken fast food place. And me and Papa's favorite place in the entire world. It is. I don't want to talk to dad about this. This story most likely stems from the shift towards eating out at restaurants instead of cooking at home. So it's a little bit of a shaming because at least in the beginning, (laughs) it was directed at women. So versions feature a woman getting chicken for the fam instead of cooking. So it's like, oh, you don't cook for your family? You're going to eat a rat You ate out, so you know what? You find the rat. That's gross. Yeah. So there are crimes associated with this. It's been used in lawsuits against corporations or restaurants for settlements, but generally they're just a hoax every time. But people heard this and are like, ooh, that could happen or it did happen. Oh, my God. So gross. See, I wouldn't even want to pretend that that happened to me because then karma might yeah. come around and it could happen and to you. And they'll make you eat a rat. <laughs> Nine. At number nine is... The story of stolen kidneys. Oh, those ones. A traveling college student or businessman is drugged by a clandestine gang who harvests their victim's kidneys to sell on the black market. Then the victim wakes up in a bathtub full of ice with a note explaining what has happened and to call 911 for help. I always love the ending of this one. It's like you get a note that's like, hello, we've stolen your kidneys. We're going to sell them on the black market. You're probably in a lot of pain. You should call 911 for help. Okay, bye. It's very considerate at the end. (laughs) It is. Super, super inconsiderate at the beginning and then full spin. Yeah. Considerate at the end. I just love that it's like XOXO. (laughs) Gossip girl. (laughs) I love that so much. So this is a newer urban legend that Jan Brunvond specifically dates back to 1991. Ooh, it's an early 90s one. Again, not that long ago. Love it. This story was frequently forwarded in the early days of email. Oh, yes. Of course. 
organ donation organizations had to ask people to stop sharing it. I know that's so sad because it really harms them. Like, yeah, we actually need your kidneys, but we'll take them when you die. But cool. Now, Snopes, a website that fact checks urban legends, says that the National Kidney Association asks if this really happened to anyone and there was no responses. Ew. So somebody's (laughs) either like really embarrassed that this happened or it just didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm so embarrassed that someone stole my kidneys and put me in a bathroom. Or like the trauma. So embarrassing. Didn't, they didn't want to talk about it anymore. They're like PTSD. Hello. Yeah, I would say that more than like I'm feeling embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, I'd be embarrassed. I'd be like, oh, lacking a kidney. <laughs> Apparently the bathtub full of ice part comes later. I mean, earlier versions like sometimes have the victim waking up in a bloody bed. Ooh, so not as considerate. No. And you know what? The bathtub, you're right, is very considerate because yeah. we're already getting ice on that wound. Of course, we're already keeping everything at a good temperature. Like I said, a full 360. No festering. Or actually, I guess that's a 180 because we end up different. Yeah, 360 brings you right back to the end. Right back to the rude. <laughs> Snopes actually dug up an actual case from 1988 in which four Turkish men willingly but illegally sold a kidney. Wow. Now, later, one of them told authorities he had been told he needed a medical checkup for a job, but did not agree to selling his kidney. Can't what? Like, you have to go get a regular routine checkup. And also, uh, we have to take your kidney. Like, you get in there and you're like, all right, just a blood test and like a quick little checkup. And they're like, um, okay. We're going to take one of your major organs. That's cool, right? Yeah, you're fine with that. This job is important. You're not? Okay, well, we're going to do it anyways. But here's some ice. Oh, Eight. Number eight on our countdown of terrifying urban legends is The Hook. Oh. Here's the story. Two young people are making out in their car. When they hear on the radio a dangerous man has escaped from a nearby psychiatric hospital. Oh no. No. They hear a scratching sound outside the car. Scared, they leave, only to find a disembodied hook hanging from the door handle when they get home. Honestly, that's not even that scary because they get away. That's terrifying. Are you kidding me? Meh. I know you and you would not be calm in that situation. I mean, if it happened, but like talking about it, it's not that scary. I remember this one vividly being in people's minds. It's in Urban Legend, the first one, kind of. Yeah, there's different like variations of it. always. So the origins of this one go back to the 1950s, which makes sense. Like, looking in your car. Exactly. You know, with the radio bulletin and innocent lover's lane. That's what I was going to say, lover's lane. It's meant to scare those wild 50s high schoolers. (laughs) Yeah, you know them. (laughs) They don't even want them to get into a makeout situation. So we're trying to scare you off in it completely. (laughs) There have certainly been plenty of real-life murders at Lover's Lane-type locations. Hello, Zodiac. Hi there. Son of Sam. Yeah? The Texarkana Phantom Killer attacked and killed people at Lover's Lane. He's always the one I think of. He's one of the scariest. In the 1922 Halls Mills murder case, the Reverend Edward Wheeler Hall was found dead with his mistress at a Lover's Lane in New Jersey. Both were married to other people, and Mills sang in the choir at the Reverend's church. So this is just one of those things that's trying to, like, shame. It's like a scandal. Yeah, exactly. You know? Seven. At number seven this week is Bloody Mary. There she is. Oh, I don't even like to say it out loud. Say it again. No. <laughs> this one involves going to a dark room with a mirror, usually in the bathroom, and chanting the name of Bloody Mary in order to summon a dangerous entity. 
Don't do it. No, I did it when I was little. (laughs) So tons of versions of this one, obviously, especially when it comes to the number of times you chant her name, usually three, 13, or 100. 100 is a lot of work. 100, I think they call that overkill. I think they call that you need to get a hobby. I think they call that don't. You're late for dinner. (laughs) You're standing in the bathroom saying a name 100 times. Yeah. I always heard three. That was mine. Three? Or I've actually heard seven before. It's three. It's three, okay? (laughs) I'm right. Well, Bloody Mary, after you summon her, is supposed to scratch the face of the one calling out to her. So why would you summon her? Why do you want your face scratched? (laughs) Why would you do it? In other versions, she either kills her victims or pulls them into the mirror world with her, never to be seen again. The mirror world sounds like a terrible world. It does. And I don't want to be in there with her. I do not like mirrors. In fact, in feng shui, you're not supposed to have a mirror at the foot of your bed and I never put one that at makes the end sense. of my bed. I don't want to watch myself sleep. Well, you can't. And they could <laughs> suck you in. They can. It's scary. But back to this. Part of its history is that Mary is a witch who was executed a hundred years ago for the crime of practicing black magic. Honestly, that one checks out. It does. The Oxford Handbook of American Folklore and Folk Life Studies says it's a test for kids to prove their courage. And it like signifies a transition from childhood to adulthood. It is. It's like a rite of passage. But Really, if you're an adult saying Bloody Mary in the mirror, again, like you should maybe apply for a job or something. When you've done it, you're transitioning into adulthood. Uh, so you've yet to get there. Okay. You're like on the pit stop along that's the way. Fair. Yeah. Folklorists note also various backstories that boil down to keeping kids from staying out too late at night and causing problems. Mary prevents crime. Look at her. She does it all. I think we covered that folklore. We did. In one of our episodes on Morbid. Mm-hmm. And I think one of them was they think it could have been attributed to Mary, Queen of Scots. Yes. Because yep. she was called Bloody Mary. She always because gets she was bad like, rap. Whoa. Six. Also on our list at number six, the clown statue. Oh. Here's the long story short. A teenage girl is babysitting, gets the kids to bed. When the parents called to check in, she asks to watch TV in their bedroom because the clown statue in the living room is really creeping her out. But they tell her to get out of the house because they don't own a clown statue. Ugh! I hate this one so much, and I just recently found out about it. Yes, on the Strange and Unusual podcast. Yes, Allison, what's up? I cannot Mm -mm. with this story. It gives me chills every time. That's why I didn't babysit for people that I didn't know. Well, and I think this one affects me a lot because it's a huge play on home invasion fears, which I have a huge fear of. Me too. You know, monster under the bed kind of stuff. And it's supported by the fact that home invasions are very real. Uh huh. This could happen. Oh, it's so scary. There are variations on the story and they include the cops later catch a killer dressed as a clown running through the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and the kids complaining about a clown watching them as they slept for weeks. Weeks. But then they say that they would bring it to the parents and the parents would just chalk it up as nightmare. Listen, never chalk anything up to a nightmare, okay? Life is crazy. I'm telling you right now, if my kids come to me and say that something's watching them sleep... I'm never chalking that up to a nightmare. We're burning the house down, starting yeah. fresh. I'm staying in their room with like a giant machete and I'm going to take care of business. Oh, I'm moving what three I'm towns do. away. <laughs> I'm not even bothering with that room anymore. I'm going to get with it. I'm going to get my Friday the 13th machete prop. Then I'm going to sit in there all night. Board the room up. I got you, babies. Don't worry about it. So Snopes point out that this is one of the very few urban legends that ends with the intruder being brought to justice. Yeah. So it's like a happy ending. Thank gosh. Of- 
There's also the fear of clowns Hi. with this one. Hi, it's me, fear exactly. of clowns. Obviously, John Wayne Gacy did a lot to drive home the whole scary clown mythology, but there was definitely plenty before and mm-hmm. plenty after that. Totally. Remember, I immediately started thinking oh my the God. clown panic of 2016. That was crazy. There were stories of people dressed as clowns stalking towns at night and chasing people. Yeah, it was scary. And it turned out to be a hoax in most cases. Yeah, I was going to say, you said in most cases. But yeah. imagine being a couple of the cases that it wasn't a hoax. No, thank and you. And remember your husband yeah, I was gonna say. messing with us? One night, Elena and I were talking about it and John was like, oh yeah, like blah, blah, blah. And then he went to walk the dog and then he banged on the window when he right came back. Right behind us. Right yeah. behind us and I almost pooped my pants. <laughs> scary honestly the clown statue is scariest the ones that just it sends me every time by far the absolute scariest although bloody mary yeah messed me up as a child oh bloody mary for sure i didn't sleep for like weeks after doing that no i feel like it's also a theme like kids tell other kids that like Bloody Mary is in the school bathroom. Oh, yeah. Because I changed schools a ton and I remember that in almost every school I went to. I think it's like one of those bullying things too. It's like a clicky thing. Like it's like, oh, you're going to go to the bathroom? Let's, let's send you in there to do Bloody Mary. It's yeah. like really just to like ostracize someone. Yes, Hello. It, it's coming nice. from a girl who's bullied. Aww. I think that's like one of those things that like they try to do that. I, I think, think it's so. got a lot of that stuff with it. For sure. Peer pressure. I'm scared about what else is going to come on this list because like I have to drive home and go to sleep after. After this. I'm ready to go. Skirt. Hi, it's Vanessa from Parcast Network, and I'm thrilled to tell you that this month marks a huge milestone for us. It's the four-year anniversary of a podcast I host called Serial Killers. If you haven't had a chance to dive into the stories and psychology behind the most nightmarish murderers of all time, why wait? There's no better time than right now to start listening. Each week, we enter the minds, the methods, and the madness of the world's most sadistic serial killers. From the son of Sam, David Berkowitz, and the co-ed killer, Edmund Kemper, to Eileen Warnos, Ed Gein, and coming soon, the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. And this February, look out for our four-part special on couples who kill, following the worst love has to offer. Their names may sound ordinary, but their atrocities are anything but. You do not want to miss it. With hundreds of episodes available to binge and new ones released weekly, get to know the killers, crimes, and cases that forever changed the face of history. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. New episodes air every Monday and Thursday, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Five. All right, let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of terrifying urban legends. Oh, so scary. Starting off the second half of our list, the killer in the back seat. There he is. 
This one is about a woman driving alone in her car late at night, and the car behind her seems to be following her and even starts like honking and flashing his lights at her. Ah, now this keeps happening as she races home. Turns out there's a man in her back seat and he flashed his lights every time the man raised his head to scare him. Man, good Samaritan right there. Seriously, and like gets nothing in return. So the alternate story says that a woman stops at a deserted gas station and the creepy attendant tries to lure her inside saying, oh, there's a problem with your credit card. From Urban Legend. I was going to say, i.e. Urban Legend. Obviously that freaks her out because, you know, he was creepy looking, but don't judge a book because by its cover. I was going to say, because as society, we judge people. On yeah, because we're great. Good job, everybody. Really, this guy is trying to warn her that there is a real life creepy dude in her back seat. Yeah, so just bring your mace and just don't judge people. <laughs> Seriously. And like we just said, the 1998 movie Urban Legend actually opens with a version of this story. So scary. Early versions of this story were first collected by folklorists in the mid 1960s. Oh, wow. Which is nuts. In 1982, Ann Landers published a letter from a reader that presented a version as a fact, which probably helped popularize the theory, if you think about it. and it's one of those things that could happen. Easily. Snopes points to a real case from 2013. A man stowed away in a woman's car while she was at a gas station. He later abducted and raped her. See? Mm -hmm. It's so easy to happen. Emails once circulated warning to be extra vigilant getting in and out of your car. And it's like, always lock your doors, even if you're just gone for a second. Always. I like beep, beep, beep mine eight times. Hear that beep, beep and don't look back. Never. Four. Landing at number four this week is the infamous internet urban legend creature, Slenderman. The scariest. It started in 2009 in an online comedy forum where someone posted a photoshopped image of a playground with kids. In the background is this lanky creature in a black suit, no distinguishable facial features, and the ball began to roll fast. Oh, yeah. I love that this was like comedy. Like, like, nothing about this, that is funny. Look at this creepy faceless man watching kids play. Yay. <laughs> is he watching them? I don't know. So fun. But he doesn't have a face, so uh. we don't know. According to the New York Times, Slender Man is scary not because of what you know about him, but because of what you don't know. Exactly. Of course, this is going to get your mind going like over time. Like a mile a minute. Yeah, your brain always tries to piece together what you don't know, and sometimes it comes up with way worse stuff than reality. The human mind is terrifying. Yeah. Unlike other urban legends, this one is so new, we know the timeline of how it was born and raised and twisted into absolute mayhem. Isn't that weird? It really is. It's like the only one. After the 2009 fake playground pick, the internet did what it does. (laughs) It took a piece of work and changed it into something bigger. Not always better. It became more photoshopped images of Slenderman popping up everywhere. Mm-hmm. I remember this in high school. Yeah, in all different environments, all different poses, but it always kind of looked the same. It did. It was also meant to scare like younger kids, yeah. but like 14-year-old me was terrified. <laughs> I was scared. There were fake newspaper articles, web series, video games, and I remember our nephew Aiden showed us a video game of it and it was terrifying. Yeah, I don't like it. And with that, made up terrifying stories, of course, that people are passing off as true. Mm -hmm. In May 2014, things got real. This is, I know exactly what you're going to say, crazy. In Wisconsin, 
two 12-year-old girls stabbed their friend, convinced if they didn't, Slenderman would come for them and their families. Real life. This case is one of the scariest I've heard. The girls are sentenced to 40 and 25 years in a psychiatric hospital because of this. And the victim survived. Yeah, she did, but like, ooh, I know. In 2018, there was a movie, Slenderman, but it sort of came and went without fanfare, and I remember that. It just kind of was like, Bleh. Yeah, I actually forgot about that. Yeah. People believe this legend may have kind of faded. I hope so, because it still terrifies me. I think because people know how fake it is that they're just like, oh, okay. Mm, that is it's kind of lost its luster. Three. Number three on our countdown of terrifying urban legends is Kuchisaki Ona. The slit-mouthed woman. Ew, I don't like that. I hate it already, the but... The slit-mouthed woman? Honey, be nice. Ooh. In this Japanese story, a beautiful woman with long hair wearing a surgical mask oh. goes around asking children if she's beautiful. What? After they answer, oh my God, she removes the mask to reveal her mouth is cut from ear to ear to scare them. What a jerk. Or she cuts their mouth to match hers. Mm -mm. I'm not done yet. Or she kills them. No. I'm scared. I'm clutching my pearls no, right now. No, and especially the surgical mask now. You don't know where she is. Oh, my God. She could, she be, could be lurking. Ah! Fook. So there's some debate whether this story existed for some time before it became well-known in the late 70s. Now, in a 2007 movie, it gives her a backstory and the ability to survive by possessing others as she moves from body to body, kidnapping children. What is your problem? I can't even begin to tell you. Word of mouth versions say there's varying backstories to explain how she wound up with a cut mouth. Like she was born with it. She did it to herself. Was she in a bad accident? Etc. Etc. The legend became so widespread and terrorized so many young people that there was actually a real life panic. My God, these poor children. I'm real life panicking right now. Oh my goodness. School kids organized groups to walk home from school and banded together against the threat of Kuchisaki Ona. I'm just glad they were together in groups because buddy system. I know. It's see, smart at that's least. That's the thing. It's like, that's the thing I was talking about. How like, you know, it might be not true. Let's hope. But, but we can teach a good lesson. At least it. it makes you think safely. So this is what you have to do to survive. If she asks you if she's pretty, you have to say kind of or so-so, which is a little rude. But See, don't say yes or no. You can't just be like, oh, gorgeous. No, because she'll be like, I know, right? Check out this mouth. <laughs> Check out what I got. I just like how you got to go kind of. Apparently, she also hates the smell of hairstyling oh, products. No. So you can yell pomade <laughs> and she'll just run away. Which, is that real life? I need to know. I need to get more information about that, please. And thank you. The creepy <laughs> hair gel. <laughs> Aquanet. <laughs> oh, my God. Pomade. <laughs> Pomade. Now, the creepy visual calls to mind the real life Black Dahlia case. I immediately thought of that. Exactly. Whose mouth had been slit from ear to ear. So maybe that's like the inspiration. Because it happened before this probably came out. Yes, exactly. So, so just yell pomade and you're good to go. Pomade! We have talked about some interesting wow. things. Kuchisaki Ona is really going to live in my head rest Spray free. Spray Aquanet <laughs> be... all around you, baby. I'm going to be yelling pomade everywhere I go. Tresemme ooh la la. <laughs> 
Oh, there's some classic ones on here, though. Like the kidney one. Yes. The backseat. Yes. This clown statue. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for a couple more. My last one, I'm sure you're waiting for, and it is a doozy. Oh, I bet it is. Is your last one a good one? Mine's a really good one. Okay, I'm ready. We're down to the final two spots on our countdown of terrifying urban legends. At number two is the roommate's death. Here's the basic idea. Two college roommates go to a party. One leaves early and goes back to the dorm. Me. In the middle (laughs) of the night, she hears scratching at the door. Me. It scares her. (laughs) She doesn't open the door. The next morning, she finds her roommate dead on the other side of the door. She was the one scratching, unable to scream for help because her throat is cut. Yeah, Lena, thanks for coming to my rescue. Sorry, I was sleeping. I was tired. Sorry, I stayed late at the party and something went down. Yeah, so that's the urban legend, you know, lesson here. Go home. Yeah, that's exactly what Go it home. is. Or <laughs> open the door if someone's scratching. Go to bed. I'm not opening the door if someone's scratching. Get out of here. I'm not either. So the earliest recorded versions of this story date back to the 60s. I guess a lot of these do. Yeah. These are among the other college-set urban legends. Mm-hmm. They capitalize on the mistrust of the security of institutional life, especially from students away from the haven of home. Of course. There was true crime that had a little bit. It was a little similar to this, though, in the 70s that didn't help quell these fears much. You know, with Ted Bundy killing sorority girls in Florida. That'll do it. That'll make you be like, wait a second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sounds a little familiar. There was also uh, Big Eddie. Big Big Ed Kemper. Big old Ed. Big old Ed. The co-ed killer who was murdering college students between 1972 and 1973. Yeah, it was a wild time to be alive. It really was. Wild time to be in college. Glad I wasn't there. According to Jan Brunvond, our famous folklorist, this story is similar to, and I immediately thought of this Mm -hmm. one, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? I will always be glad I didn't turn on the light. In that version, a college student comes back to the dorm room. Thinks her roommate is in bed with her boyfriend, being loud. So she leaves the light off. In the morning, she discovers her murdered roommate and the killer had written on the wall, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Yes. And they wrote it in the blood, too. Spooky. And in Urban Legend, that's when Danielle Harris is the roommate. And oh, she's yeah. amazing in it. The best goth the roommate best, of all time. The worst goth roommate. The best of the worst. I have to watch that movie when it's I get home. It's a great one. It's so good. One. And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 terrifying urban legends. The call is coming from inside the house. Oh, this one. So here's the story. A babysitter starts getting a bunch of calls from a man saying, have you checked on the children? When it's obviously not a prank, she calls the police who say to keep him on the phone so they can trace it. When they do, the call is coming from inside the house where the two children were found murdered and the babysitter got out just in time. Hate that. That's like the worst babysitting adventure of all time. Truly is. Another urban legend that dates back to the early 70s, possibly as early as the 60s, I guess so. What was happening back then? Way too much. Were you all okay back then? What was happening? If you made it out alive, can you hit us up? Yeah. Can you just like knock two times so we know you're okay? Don't scratch. We won't answer. Don't do it. (laughs) 
This one is like chock full of outdated, backward social fears. Sure is. Namely that the teenager has to take on major responsibilities in caring for children. Yeah, like keeping them alive from a murderer. Like that's a lot. And because they died in her care, she has failed in her dress rehearsal for motherhood. Oh no. Oh, failure. This urban legend was the basis for the 1979 film, When a Stranger Calls, starring Carol Kane as the terrorized babysitter. Yes, such a good one. I've never seen that. I could have told you that. I know. (laughs) But the legend has been thought to have started because of the real life case of an eighth grader, Janet Christman, in March 1950. While babysitting a three-year-old in Columbia, Missouri, Janet was raped and strangled to death with an iron cord. Oh, do you remember that Netflix special that we watched yeah. all about urban legends like Cropsy? Oh, yeah. So the case actually remains unsolved, but Janet tried to call the police during the attack and the police just didn't trace the call, eee. which is not good police work. When the family called to check in, the phone line was busy. They found her once they got home and the phone was off the hook. Number one was number one. A hundred percent. And I, I actually got the podcast research gods without even meaning to with oh, Cropsy. Yeah. You're right. There you go. Hey-o. Hey-o. I actually, I gotta get you. Oh, gotta you get have you to on always these. get it a one-two punch. <laughs> I gotta get it. I have two. A one-two punch. Like a one-two punch. So the first one I thought of, and it's probably because I'm thinking of Urban Legend right now, the movie, yeah. is the Pop Rocks and Soda mm-hmm. that everybody thought that your stomach would burst. And they thought the kid that was like, Mikey likes it. They thought he died because of that. But in reality, he's totally alive and fine. It's all good, Mikey. But the pop reps, that one was like, you believed it when you were little. Because if you really think about it. Yeah. Kind of makes sense that it would burst your stomach. It does make sense. And it's probably so that like kids don't eat a ton of junk food. Exactly. You don't want to eat pop rocks and soda at the same time and rot your teeth. The other one I thought of, which is one that used to scare the crap out of me, is the humans lick too. one. I'm sorry, what? And the basic premise of this one, I think, if I remember correctly, is this like girl is home alone and she's really scared and she keeps hearing things. And so she keeps putting her hand down to let her dog lick her hand to make her feel better, like comforting. And he does all night. And she's like, cool. And then she wakes up in the morning and she hears dripping in the bathroom and she finds the dog has been killed (gasps) and hung from the shower curtain. That's the dripping. Oh. And they wrote on the wall in the dog's blood, humans can lick too. I know somebody licking her hand all night. That's terrifying on about six different levels, and I've never heard of that. Yeah, that one stresses me out. Ew. I remember that one from email chains. Ew times a million. Yeah, real gross. So thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other podcast shows for free on Spotify. Spotify has all your favorite music and podcasts all in one place. They're making it easier to listen to whatever you want to hear for free on your phone, computer, or smart speaker. And if you can't get enough of these creepy crimes, check out our After Crime Countdown podcast playlist on Spotify, where we've handpicked even more episodes about this week's stories that we think you'll enjoy. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you don't think we're Bloody Mary, which we're not, you must like us. So please follow our other podcast, which is Morbid, a true crime podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Morbid Podcast or on Twitter at A Morbid Podcast. And between now and next Monday, like, don't try any of these on the list. Don't do it. 
Crime Countdown is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Kevin McAlpine. Produced by John Cohen and associate produced by Jonathan Ratliff. Fact-checking by Kara Macerlein. Research by Ambika Chotera, Jay Cahio, and Mickey Taylor. Crime Countdown stars Ash Kelly and Elena Urquhart. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa again. Before you go, don't forget to check out the Spotify original from ParCast, Serial Killers. Each week, join me and my co-host Greg for a deep dive into the minds and madness of history's most notorious murderers. You can binge hundreds of episodes, four years' worth, and catch new episodes every Monday and Thursday. Listen to Serial Killers, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.